All right. As many of you know, we, uh, the youth group, we're all kind of congregated up here today and a little over here, and Ellie's up there running the slides. Uh, first of all, I want to thank everybody for allowing us to do this. Uh, it's pretty awesome. Like I said, these kids are so eager. I, I remember the last time we did this in October, they, uh, they were chomping at the bit to get back up here. So uh, we're thankful that you've allowed us to, to do this. Um, this past weekend, we actually went up to Camp Barakel. Uh, most of you know where that is, I, I think. Um, and we just had an awesome time uh, spent together. The speaker was incredible. His name was Joe something. <laughs> it, his last name I can't pronounce. Um, uh, a Hispanic guy. I can't remember. Starts with a C, if that helps. You know, you can look it up. It's on their website, I'm sure. But he, he did a fantastic series um, through Hebrews, which conveniently is what we're actually going through on Wednesday nights. But uh, we do have a short video we want to show you from some of the highlights from our trip up to Barakel. Uh, up that way. One second. Well, most of you know where most of that stuff's at, but uh, that was Camp Barakel, if you don't. So, yay. <laughs> All right, so today I am going to be um, teaching from John 13, 
it'll come up in a second. Uh, 34 through 35, uh, the, I, I actually, there was a missed opportunity. Brad didn't plan his trip early enough, so I missed uh, doing, teaching on love on Valentine's Day. So, or the day before. Uh, but, you know, that's all right. It's all right. This is something that our students have heard me uh, teach on. They, they can attest to this time and time again. It's something that I keep. Uh, it's, it's a very important, as you'll see, it's a very important thing for us to do, uh, to love each other. So, there it is. So what the world needs today is love. Obviously, if you were here for Sunday school, we, we know what's going on in the world, and it, it comes down to a lack of love uh, everywhere. Um, you would think it would come second nature to us as Christians to love each other. Uh, however, I've, um, I've only been at Oakwood in a serving capacity, specifically as the youth pastor, for about seven or eight months now, and I have an um, abundance of experience outside, not in a Christian organization, that I can tell you for sure, uh, you know, some, some people run businesses in a way that's not loving. Some people um, treat their coworkers in a way that's not loving. Some people treat their customers in a way that's not loving. Um, it's, it's important for us to remember that we are called, and we'll get to this here in a second, to love each other. Um, that actually will, uh, let's see, 13, 34, 35. It's a very short section. I'm sure you've all heard this a thousand times. Uh, John 13, 34. <laughs> I didn't underline it. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. The first thing we notice is how many times he says, love one another. Uh, that's, that's kind of the main point, is that we love one another. Um, whenever I'm teaching the students, the first thing that I always do is, uh, is dig deeper into the context, whether that's a historical context, which would be what's going on in Israel at the time, or the immediate context, which means that we go back and read the beginning of the passage so that we kind of get the whole big picture. If, if you don't do that, that tends to be how people take uh, scripture out of context, is by not looking for the context. They ascribe it in their lives in a way that is convenient for them. Uh, so this is something that I always recommend the kids do. The first thing that we notice as we break this passage down is that we are commanded to love one another. It is not a suggestion. Uh, you can't pick and choose when to love one another. Uh, it is a commandment from God. The first thing that I always think of when I think of that is how many other commandments in the Bible are we so quick to obey? Um, I, I, I've never murdered anybody. Um, I don't know anybody. I don't think anyone here has. Uh, I, I try not to lie. I try not to take the Lord's, vain in, Lord's name in vain. I'm actively trying to do this, but there's times where it's hard, really hard to love everybody. Am I right? I mean... We, like I said, I've had coworkers that try my patience. Not, not here, not here. <laughs> Make sure I, you know, clarify. Uh, you know, you get people that that can be somewhat annoying to you, and you brush them aside. You don't, you don't show love to them. You're not caring to those people. Um, 
God has never once given us a command and said, only do this if this. Uh, he, he always, uh, a lot of times there's consequences. Um, we'll get to that later too. So, you know, buckle up. <clears throat> God gave us 10 commandments in the beginning. And if you break those down, you can break them into two different categories. Loving God and loving people. A lot of people look at this and say, you know, it says a new command I give to you. Um, it, it's new, but it's not new. We were never given the example in the Old Testament of how Christ loved, uh, which is a complete sacrificial love. But in the Old Testament, we are over and over and over. I think, I think it's 613 commandments in the book of Leviticus. You can break them into loving God and loving people. The Ten Commandments, you can break them into loving God and loving people. Uh, who here knows the first commandment? Everybody? You can raise your hands if you want. But The answer is all of us, hopefully. Uh, so you are to have no other gods before me. Love God. Do not take the Lord's name in vain. Love God. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Love God. Honor your father and mother. Love people. Don't kill. Love people. Don't commit adultery. Love people. Do not seal. Love people. Do not bear false witness. Love people and don't covet. Love people. And by loving people, you're loving God because these are the commands that he gives to you. If we obey him, it's out of love. Uh, so by loving all of the people around us, um, we're loving God. Something that I, I, I'm not, don't worry, I'm not going to break down the other 613. We'll be here all day, uh, unless you want me to. Hmm? No? Nobody? Okay. Um, <laughs> so by loving, we are actually fulfilling the law. I actually skipped something. Oh, no, that was it. Look at that. Uh, <laughs> so if we look in Galatians chapter 5, verse 14, we read, The whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, the whole law, what he is referring to is the Old Testament, which is called the law and the prophets, right? So we have the law, which is pretty much all that Moses wrote, and the prophets is just about everything else. Um, the law was given to the Israelites as kind of guidelines, rules to follow, and obviously they didn't do so well, but neither do we. Uh, but they can all be broken down into loving your neighbor as yourself, and that is the fulfillment of the law. Um, I already read the Ten Commandments for you guys, so we'll just turn on by that. So by loving, we're fulfilling the law. This is supported further in Scripture with Matthew 22, verse 40. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Again, we broke down the Ten Commandments, and that boils down to loving God and loving people. We can also break down the 600 plus, and that's loving God and loving people. That is the law. Um, and then it goes even further in Romans 13, 8. Uh, Owe no one anything except to love each other, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. Uh, it seems like such an easy thing, just love, but there are so many different factors that come in into play when we think about that. Um, you know, I, I grew up with two sisters. Sorry, I'm not looking at anybody in specific, but, uh, and, and I know how it can be having siblings. Um, we are called to love our siblings, even when it's difficult. Uh, you, you shouldn't break your hand on their shin at their graduation party um, or anything like that. That's pretty specific, but 
you know, I, I had two siblings, so you understand. <laughs> uh, Especially, I, I think especially with siblings, you know, we have a lot, of, a lot of kids in the youth group who have siblings, and it can be a difficult thing because a lot of times you're with them most of the time. Uh, you're at church together, sometimes you're at school together, you're usually at home together, and we find that there are things that can get on each other's nerves. Um, habits, whatever it may be. Uh, I would challenge you guys to love each other. It's, it's really, I, I want to say it's that simple because it kind of is, but at the same time, I understand that there are those difficulties um, that just make it difficult. So more so than just loving, as I said, in the Old Testament, we're given love. Well, in the New Testament, the, the way that this is a new commandment is because Jesus loved us in a different way than we've ever seen love before. Jesus gave himself up for us so that we don't have to endure eternal damnation. Jesus took our sins and on his shoulders and died for us. That is a sacrificial love. Uh, the second point I want to make is we are called to love just as I have loved you. Uh, that is the second part of this verse, verse 34. Just as I have loved you, you are also to love one another. Something that I'm always telling our students, again, is the importance of context. And here we're going to look at the immediate context, which would be the context earlier in this chapter of why is Jesus saying, as I have loved you? How has he loved us? You know, within this chapter, he actually shows us. So if we go to uh, John, I think it's up there. The very beginning of John 13. We read, uh, some of you will recognize this as when Jesus washed the feet of his disciples. When he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. So what does that tell us? Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> For I have given you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. Uh, that is a, uh, I, I don't know how it is for you guys. Um, back then, feet were even worse than they are now. <laughs> they didn't have socks and clothes shoes. They had sandals and everything was dirt. So you can imagine, if you want, you know, I don't really want to, but you can imagine Jesus washing layers of dirt off of his disciples' feet in, in an act of, of service and an act of love. When I was in youth group, and I think Mark might remember this, Mark Galler, he was actually one of my youth leaders uh, 45 years ago. Um, <laughs> uh, he, him and some of you remember Pastor Glenn. He was a youth pastor when I first started in youth group. One of the things that's always stuck with me was when we came in, we were going through the book of John, we came in and, and they washed our feet. At the time, I'm like, this is kind of weird. But in hindsight, they were showing us love. They were showing that they are here to love us. They are here to serve us. Uh, and, and it is a great act of love because I don't know if you've ever uh, smelled a teenager's feet or 
hopefully not touched a teenager's feet, but it, it's, you know, you, most of you have kids, you get it. Or you are kids, and you might get it too. <laughs> um, it's not something that I would long to do. Uh, I probably am not going to be doing that, <laughs> so don't worry. Um, but that, that's something that's just always stuck with me is how, how the leaders that I grew up with showed, by example, literally obeying what Jesus said, um, that you should also do as I have done to you. You should be willing to serve those around you. You should be willing to show love in that kind of way, which is, in my mind, that's a very sacrificial love. <clears throat> so likewise, in John 4, 10 through 11, it says, In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation of our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. <clears throat> so I've mentioned this, uh, I think, to a couple of our teenagers while we were at Barakel, um, the difficulties of, of loving other people. One of the things that always jumps into my mind is if, I'm trying to think of how to word this, if we don't show love to others, in fact, if we show anything but love to others, we are hating something created in God's own image. Uh, which, that's just something that is alarming to me. Uh, we are all, every single one of us, whether you like it or not, even if you have enemies, even they are created in God's image. God loves them. God loves us. We should love them. We are called to sacrifice ourselves in how we serve and love those around us. So God lays out in the Bible how <clears throat> we are to love, and it's, it's in pretty great detail. Um, first, we have the Old Testament law, all those, those 600 plus just in Leviticus. Uh, there's more in Exodus, and then we also have the Ten Commandments. Uh, then we actually have the, the life of Jesus. If you've ever read about that, uh, he, he never does anything hateful once. His job when he came to earth was to love and to serve. And if we are to live like him, that should be our number one priority, is to love and to serve. <clears throat> uh, this gets, brings us to 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Before I read it, I, I want to, so uh, we went through a, uh, I think the book is right there, Sky has it. It's called Multiply by Francis Chan. Um, we went through this with the youth group last, I think, spring. And, and one of the things that brought my, you know, got my attention a lot was, you know, I, I've grown up going to weddings, all, for the most part, Christian weddings, where they read this. And, of course, my young mind is like, oh, you know, this is just husbands and wives. <laughs> Guess what? It's not. It's, it's love everybody this way. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Uh, you know, when we were going through Multiply, this, this verse came up. Uh, this book is essentially about making disciples. Um, 
one of the most important things about making disciples is having a loving relationship first before you disciple them. And uh, it just really got me thinking, you know, I, at the time I was training uh, a guy at work who, uh, he tried my patience a lot. And there were times where I would catch myself being kind of mean because he was getting on my nerves. And uh, of course, right around the same time, we're going through this passage, through this book that we're going through. And, uh, you know, every, every time after that that I caught myself doing that, I, I asked myself, am I being patient? Am I being kind? Am, am I being irritable? Am I resenting that I'm stuck training this guy? Uh, the answer to all of those was, uh, no, I'm not being kind or patient. Um, it, it's pretty... If, if you have trouble following the New Testament and the life of Jesus, th that really breaks it down as to how he lived his life. He was patient and kind. He didn't envy or boast. He wasn't arrogant or rude, not once. Uh, he never insisted on his own way. In fact, you remember when he was in the garden praying, if Lord, take this cup away from me, and then realizing this is the will. You, you can't change it. Um, it's not irritable or resentful. It doesn't rejoice at wrongdoing. So that means if... If I have a friend who, a friend in my mind, who gets in trouble with the law, I don't say, good, that's what he had. That's what he had coming. He deserved it. I shouldn't rejoice in that. I should love him and reach out to him and care for him. <clears throat> love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Uh, those 10-hour those car rides, I, I was not enduring all things, you know, when I was training at all. In fact, usually I'd get to about lunchtime and be ready to open the door and, you know, take a corner sharp. <laughs> but, again, I, and I recommend, if this is the case for you guys, some of you, you know, I've been blessed to work with, with people who, who get this stuff. Not everybody does. You know, it is a two-way street. You know, they have to love us, and we have to love them. Um, I've been blessed to have that work environment now, but there was a time where I, I didn't have that. You know, I, I had um, irritability from myself and from my coworkers. We weren't nice to each other. We were, you know, there was like a hierarchy of employees, and the top ones were a little more arrogant than the rest of them, not very kind to those below them. Uh, these are things that we all deal with in the world today. And I recommend that whenever something, a hateful thought comes into your mind, this is always coming to my mind, and I recommend that you guys just, I mean, I'm sure most of you who've been to, you know, three weddings have it pretty much memorized, but uh, it is an extremely helpful tool, as the entire Bible is, to keep yourself, to catch yourself from doing those things. And remember, we are called to love these people. So point three is um, all will know that we are Christians if we show love for one another. This is the one that... Uh, that I struggle with in the world today. Um, you know, I've got, I, I, there's endless amounts of stories of, of the world looking at the church and, and not wanting a thing to do with it because they look at us and they see judgmental, and I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. This is just, it's probably an overgeneralization, but there, there are times where people see Christians as bigots. They see Christians as hateful and judgmental. Um, I can't count how many times I've been on 
on Facebook pages and seen people getting into really hate-filled arguments with one another uh, who, who maybe they both claim to be Christians or even, even worse, maybe it's a Christian doing that to somebody who hasn't received Christ yet. Um, that's such a dangerous thing to do because if, if we're called to be like Christ, how is that being like Christ? We are, uh, we are to be known by the love that we have for one another. Um, and, you know, this, this will bring us into, so I, I think I mentioned this book the last time that I preached. Uh, it's by R.C. Sproul. It's just What Do Jesus Parables Mean? A little $2 book on Ligonier Ministries. But uh, he goes into depth uh, with every single parable that Jesus told. And this really comes into play uh, is the parable of the Good Samaritan. You know, there, we all know that. We've seen the Veggie Tales. Uh, <laughs> you know, the Samaritans, if you don't know, are absolutely hated by the Jewish community. Um, they are, in their mind, half-breeds, and they do not interact with them. They don't even worship at the same temple as them. Uh, so Jesus is giving this parable. Actually, Jesus is teaching, and... Uh, <clears throat> there's not going to be a slide for this. I'm, I apologize. It is in uh, Luke 10, 25. And behold, a lawyer stood up and put him to the test saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he, that would be the lawyer, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Uh, this is, is kind of the, the big punchline of this whole section. This whole, this whole parable that Jesus tells is all about uh, kind of an unlikely hero from a Jewish perspective. Um, I can't really think of, of an analogy that would work for us today, but... Um, this would be a Jewish man getting essentially mugged and left in a ditch to die. Two priests walk by. They don't help him um, at all. They, they actually they go to the other side of the street. They don't want anything to do with this guy. And a Samaritan comes who, again, historically, they hate each other. This guy, this guy shouldn't be wanting to help this man who's in a ditch. He should hate him. He should just keep on going. But he shows love to somebody who normally he wouldn't. And that really is the answer to the question. Um, I lost myself again. I apologize. Sorry, it's the, the brain wanders sometimes. But... Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> Uh, so the answer, who is my neighbor, uh, who can guess that answer? Any, any of the students, who's your neighbor? Who said that? I don't know if that came from Sky or Emily. Emily, good job. Thank you. That's correct. Everybody on this planet is your neighbor. We are called to love every single human being that exists on this planet. I know that that can be difficult, but that is... A commandment, again, not a suggestion. That is a commandment from God that we are to do that. Uh, and if we don't do that, if we do not show the love of God, uh, we are being hypocritical. And I, that's a harsh word, but I, I couldn't think of any other way to put it. Um, 
we, we teach love. We love each other within this church to an extent. We could be better at it. I'm not just saying our church. I'm saying the church in general. We could be better at loving one another, but when we go out and we tell the world that you should love everybody um, and we don't love them, that's the definition of being a hypocrite. Um, uh, again, I, I can't see, I can't say how often uh, I've, I've seen people uh, leave church, go to a restaurant, get a waitress or a waiter who's having a rough time, and they treat them like garbage. That's not loving. That's, that's completely hypocritical. You know, we're, we're sitting here learning about love. Some of us are going to leave today and go out to eat, and you might end up with the waitress who maybe had a hard time last night or is having troubles with her kids or her husband or her boyfriend, whatever it may be. So she isn't at 100%. Realize that. See that and treat these people with love. People are having a hard time out there, especially today. Um, we need to be different from the world. The world is not a loving kind. I mean, look at what's going on today in, in Ukraine. Uh, and it's not just Ukraine, it's everywhere. It's happening everywhere. Um, people are not loving each other. And we're seeing the result of that, but we are called to be different. We're called to be separate from the world. Um, 1 John four nineteen through 20 says, We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. We can't love God but not love our brothers. Because loving God is obeying God and God instructs us to love our brothers. That's not just siblings. That's, that's the same as neighbors. It's everybody. We are called to love all of us. Um, it's important that we show love to those around us. That way they can see Christ in us. How, how are we supposed to grow the body of Christ if what people are seeing they don't want to have a part of? Because they're not seeing a loving community. They're seeing hatred. They're seeing people being judgmental on social media or even worse on the streets. They're not going to want to walk into our doors. They're not going to want to come in and learn about Christ. They're not going to want anything to do with us or our, our families. Uh, so it's a really important thing for us to be different because them seeing Christ in us is how they will know that we are his disciples. Uh, back to 1 Corinthians, this time we're going to be in the beginning of chapter 13. Um, this is, uh, there's some pretty fun, fun language in this one. Uh, if I speak the tongues of men and angels but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith as to move mountains but have not love, I have nothing. Uh, this is big. You know, I mean, I know, oh, I, I guess I didn't finish, I'm sorry. If I, give all, if I give away all that I have and if I deliver up my body to be burned but I have love, or I have not love, I gain nothing. Essentially what this is saying is I can be the most spiritual person 
I can obey as many commands as possible. I can have all the faith in the world as to move mountains. But if I don't love my neighbors, it's pointless. It's completely pointless. Um, I recently, well not recently, I saw a movie. Uh, I've, I've been, I've been, Sky and I were talking about this last night, you know. This, so this is a movie, it's called The Book of Eli. I don't recommend it. I do, but I don't. It's got really foul language and there's a lot of inappropriateness in it. But if you've ever seen it, it's Denzel Washington and it is a Christian-based film in a post-apocalyptic world where he has the last copy of the Bible and it's, uh, I won't tell you the twist, but he has to deliver it to uh, the West Coast so that they, because they have the only working printing press over there, so that they can make copies of it. Um, and one of the things that he learns along the way is, you know, he, he's had this Bible on him for years, traveling across the country. And he gets to a point where he, he meets a young lady who needs help and he refuses to help her because I'm on a mission from God, I need to get out there. Uh, and he mentions in the movie that he's been reading this book and, and he hasn't been applying it to his life. He's been reading this book and, and he's brushing people aside that need help because if he gets distracted from his mission, literal mission from God, he's not going to be able to finish it. Uh, I think that's something that we need to take to heart uh, when we hear about this stuff. I mean, we've all read the Bible. It's, it's very accessible, especially in this building. I mean, it's so easy for us to get it in, in the United States. Like I said earlier, we are so blessed. I can pull up my phone and get versions of the Bible I didn't know existed with, you know, maybe $1.99. Um, it's so accessible for us, and we're, we're so... I feel like we take that for granted, but I, what I want to say is that we, we read this book, we memorize these verses in Awana, we memorize these verses in the Gallers class. Um, our middle schoolers are memorizing verses with Pastor Brad, but we need to not just memorize them to say we memorize them. We need to have them in our hearts so that we can change our lives and the lives of those around us. Uh, in this instance, by loving those that are around us. Um, so in conclusion, uh, we are commanded to love. It is not a suggestion. Uh, suggestions don't pop up very frequently in the Bible. Typically, it comes in the form of a command. Um, you wouldn't break other commands. So love people. Love your brothers, your sisters. Love your neighbors. Love your coworkers. Love your boss. I know that one can be hard sometimes. Um, love your kids. Uh, we are called to love just as I have loved you. Uh, that is a sacrificial love. Christ gave his life on the cross because he loved us so much that we wouldn't have to suffer through that. And all will know that we are Christians if we show love for one another. Uh, how, are, how are we to grow the kingdom of God if people don't even know what we're about? Which should in the root of everything, we should be about love. We should be about serving. We should be about going out into our community and loving and caring on those who need love and care. Uh, you know, the, Pastor Brown from the Gospel Mission was here just a few months ago, and he, he laid out some needs that they have down there. That's a good way to love and care for those in our community. Um, 
there's so many other other options, different other other ways that we can go out and love. I, I think that we can look at the bigger picture, but I think it's important for us to start small. You know, if, if you've ever had trouble loving, just 1 Corinthians 13. Remember it. Love is patient and kind. Those are the two I struggle with the most. Ask my wife. I've got two kids. <laughs> I, oh, no, they're in here. I forgot about that. Uh, love you guys. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I can, there are times where my kids try my patience, and I'm sure that most of you knew me as a kid. All right, you don't have to laugh. <laughs> I probably tried your patience when I was a kid. Um, but because of the love and care that you all showed me, I'm here now, today, up here trying to love these kids as best as I can. And I, and I pray that you guys come alongside me and, and, and just love on them. It's a really tough world to be in when you're a teenager today. Um, the schools are teaching things that are completely questionable. Um, the way that people are treating each other in the schools is disgusting. Uh, they come here and they want love. They want us to care for them. And that's what we need to be doing. And it's not just our kids. It's, it's each other. It's all of the elders in the church. It's all of the children, the young children in the church. We all need love. And, I mean, I didn't say it. I mean, I did say it. It's a commandment, so you don't really have a choice. <laughs> sorry. Not sorry. Um, all right. Well, let's, uh, let's pray, and then you will all be dismissed. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for this opportunity uh, for you to use me and, and hopefully speak through me today. Um, I pray that we all leave here today and, and remember that we are called to love everybody. Um, Lord, I think of those that weren't able to be here with us today. I pray that you, you be with them, um, that we are able to communicate with them and reach out and, and care for them as well, uh, as well as our missionaries across the world. Lord, I just pray that you protect them, keep them safe, uh, keep us in communication with them as well. I pray that you bless the rest of our day today. Let us not forget what we learned. Um, and just bring us back here together next week to, to serve, to learn, and to be in fellowship with one another. And just to bring worship and glory to you, Lord. I ask these things in your son's name. Amen.